Welcome to Manfully Alive, the podcast where we talk about the Gospels. You should tune in every week, but this week's lesson is about them. <laughs> That's <was> awesome. <laughs> Welcome to Manfully Alive podcast. My name is Mike with a mic. And next I'm to me Deacon is... Nick. So, hey, you know, if you've never tuned in to Manfully Live podcast, you probably were wondering, what's this podcast all about? Manfully Live is, uh, comes from a quote that was made famous and, and accredited to St. Irenaeus. And St. Irenaeus says, the glory of God is manfully alive. So in order to experience that glory of God that we are all desiring to experience within our lives, we need to become men fully alive. And how do we do that? It's because, or it's, it's because, but how do we do that? We unite ourselves with the only man who's ever been fully alive. And that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Absolutely. So how do you get to know your friends? You have to get to know them. You have to commune with them. You have to communicate with them. Yeah. You just have to hang out. Yeah. So we're hanging out with Jesus in the form of the gospels today and every Sunday. So join us here on Manfully Alive Podcast. Why don't we begin begin with a prayer? Yes, let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you uh, this week in a special way for the awesome life of John the Baptist as we celebrate the solemnity of his nativity, his birth. And we ask you to help us to become uh, men like him, men after your own heart, uh, willing to sacrifice, willing to suffer for the gospel for love of you and uh, lord we ask you to help us to be, in, to be inspired by his life and inspired by your gospel we ask all this through christ our lord amen, amen. Father, Son, holy spirit solid work deacon nick so last week's challenge was uh, i gotta be honest this is this is something i do regularly in my life and at no point has it become an easier thing to do but evaluating the people that you're surrounding yourself with and asking the question, do the people in my life that I spend the most time with, are they enhancing my relationship with God or are they pulling me further away from God? And so the, one of the relationships that I actually reached out to, to thank her was, um, was my sister-in-law. She is, uh, when, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you, when you first meet somebody, Oftentimes you can have an accurate interpretation of who they are as a person. And I have never been more wrong about this. Um, my, my, my brother and her have been married uh, for, I think, oh, about 13 years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just an incredible relationship they have. They have uh, four beautiful children. And I just, I, I frankly called her. And just said, hey, thank you for being in our family and thank you for being so amazing and thank you for the lack of baggage you bring and always being on this, you know, uplifting and supportive beat that you 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 usually are on. You sort of did the opposite then. You bonded you bonded closer to a relationship that was good. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Because I wanted to enhance one relationship that was bringing me closer to Christ. But this was the hard one, was to terminating one relationship that was distancing me from Christ. So... It's going to sound like this might have been a cop out, but I don't I don't think it was for me. I spend a lot of time on my phone. And 
sometimes that phone is the relationship that I needed to turn to, to determinate. Oh. De determine? To to determine it needed termination. So determinate, right? Um, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, to terminate. I've, I've uh, so I bought a um, for Father's Day uh, this uh, activity tracker that it's a smartwatch that pushes notifications like texts and calls from your phones. Oh yeah, from, from your phone. And uh, I'm thinking if I use that, it will allow me to set my phone in, in the little backpack that I carry with me um, pretty regularly or just away from me so that I'll get the notifications when they get to me, right? But yeah. I, I am not going to have to be tied to this device. And my kids seeing that this device is something that for some reason holds any power or uh, in any way is more important than them. So... Uh, I'm, I'm curbing the habit of my kid walking over, grabbing my phone, bringing it over to me when I don't have it. <laughs> That's good. So a little less flappy bird time. That's good. Yeah. Flappy bird is <laughs> over. Right. Very good. Well, I, I do not, unfortunately, have much to report. I, uh, I only remembered the challenge, you know, uh, partway through the week and then uh, – didn't have a clear discernment of what to do. I'm, I'm evaluating uh, uh, relationships, but unfortunately, I have to defer this challenge to another week because uh, I, I don't know that I successfully determined what it is I need to do. So, well, and and it, it's a hard one because if you do determine the relationship that's pulling you away from God, and it's a person, you know, sometimes creating some distance can be incredibly healthy, not only for you, but for them saying, why isn't this person spending the same amount of time with me? Sure. Because then they can approach you and you can say, you know, honestly, you just, you haven't been a good influence on me. You're not bringing about good things in, in my life or in your life. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily time we part ways, but it's definitely time we spend less time together because I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. And you know, and I think I it might be tempting for our listeners to hear that as being, oh, gosh, he's such a judgmental. mean guy. He's so judgmental. Such a judgmental guy. It's so mean to his friends. But um, we have to remember, uh, I believe it was uh, Ignatius of Loyola that said that everything in the world is meant to bring us closer to God. And whatever it is that does not bring us closer to God is worthless to us and should be put aside. And so uh, even our relationships with other human beings um, if they cannot help us towards the kingdom of God, which is our ultimate goal, uh, to evaluate it is just prudent. It's just a smart thing to do. And so there's no reason to be mean about it. There's no reason to, to approach it in a way that makes them feel terrible. But I think it does awaken within both the person making the decision and the person to, who, who is receiving that decision um, yeah. to reflect on it further. And that nothing but good can come from that as long as it's cordial. Yeah, and uh, I actually had a, a good friend of mine who had that type of a relationship with a friend um, who had decided he walked out on his wife, and they have a, they have a little girl, and it was, uh, he, he found an unhealthy relationship elsewhere and really walked out on a lot of the vows, and he was just still interacting with his friend like nothing had changed. Oh, yeah. And this friend of mine is a fantastic dad, fantastic husband and he cares about the type of men his his kids are going to be and it was it was very uplifting uh, he actually 
confided in me in a lot of the situation. And I just said, you know, um, I've had to do a lot of pretty rough friend purges over the year. And over the years, some of them have become good friends again after they had sorted out their affairs and become the men they were called to be. Right. Sure. But you can, you can, reach out to your friends, say, Hey, I think, I think you can do better than what you're doing. And if, if they do not heed that from you and you say, listen, I I can't continue to surround myself with people that are categorically opposite the type of human being that I myself want to be. And they don't respond to that. And they continue down their path, expecting you to spend time with them no matter what. At that point, you have to set some boundaries that says, Hey, you know what? I do have standards for my life and I do have standards for the people that I associate with that they are going to be a higher quality human being. It's not that I'm not loving to you. It's just that you voluntarily are creating a lot of harm for your own life and for my own. So you have to be prudent with that because we have such a limited amount of time to become the men that we were called and created to be. Sure. And we have to pursue it with real uh, vigor. Well, what do you say we get right into this reading? Sounds good. Yeah, gospel time. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will, be, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, Blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good reading, man. You, you know, you forget, you forget about just that miracle of his, his tongue being freed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a first documented case of happy wife, happy life. Uh, <laughs> but, she, right. but she probably never heard the end of it. Because uh, his the, tongue was, the, all right, okay, okay yeah, yeah we, uh, we, we do dad jokes here. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was reflecting on this, and I, and I was trying to ask myself a couple questions, like, what, what is really imperative here? Because one of the things I want to highlight is the awesomeness and the importance of John the Baptist's uh, life and his, his role within the gospel, within um, the s- salvation history, really. And, uh, you know, it might seem strange. One might ask, you know, why is it that we celebrate the nativity of John the Baptist. You know, we, we obviously uh, celebrate the nativity of Christ uh, because he's the savior of the world. But what was or who was John the Baptist? And in short, uh, he was the last of the prophets. 
Um, and you go, okay, so the last of the prophets, but why is that important? Well, because he's the only prophet that saw the fruit of his prophecy, of, yeah. of all prophets' prophecy, that, that the Messiah was coming. So not only did he prophesy and, 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 and form disciples in order to prepare them for the Messiah, he himself got to see the Messiah. He himself actually was a herald of the Messiah, not only uh, to adults when he was an adult, but even as an infant, it wasn't too long ago when we, we read about the visitation of Mary to her cousin Elizabeth. And we read that the baby, uh, John the Baptist, leapt in the womb of his mother Elizabeth at the, um, just the presence of Mary and Jesus within her womb. And if you think about it, it that was his first herald, right? Yeah. He's heralding the coming of the Messiah, of the Savior of the world, even in utero. Um, and so John the Baptist is awesome. There's so much, there's so many great things you can say about hmm. him. But I think my favorite, and I've been sort of waiting to say this as we're preparing for this podcast, uh, Scripture calls John the Baptist a wild ass of a man. And I love that imagery. <clears throat> I think it's so cool because it, it just, it, it paints a picture for me of like this, this man with his eyes super wide and super alert and, and, and he was out in, in the desert. He was out in the wilderness preparing for years and years before he even started making disciples. Um, you know, the only modern uh, comparison I can make is like, like a really religious version of Bear Grylls, right? Like, <laughs> like he's out there, like conquering nature, you yeah. know, and he would totally he's like... He's like, hey, can I have that cricket? You can eat that? You can eat that? Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, that bird? Yeah, don't worry. Just take its wings and its head off. It's yeah. good meat yeah. in there. Let's, let's locust. Let's yeah. do a locust... Uh, locust, A yes. locust brine on that. and exactly. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, they said he survived on locusts and honey. And so, I mean, this guy was like, you know, no, nobody nobody messed with this guy. No, no. Um, you and it's talk probably about... because he had the, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, but also just, just this presence of of a man's man. I, yeah. I just, I'm impressed by how he's described. And I think there's, I think there's few examples that would equal him, you know, outside of your Samson's and in, in sort of that rugged masculinity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, these days, unfortunately we have, we have, you know, really muscular men or men that can fight, but, but, but this is a man who not only was strong and can battle against nature, but was strong in terms of integrity and virtue and, and purpose and meaning in life, which is just even more awe-inspiring for me. Yeah. Well, I think if you, if you were to look to the second part of this, where it says, and they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child. They were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, no, he will be called John. And that was traditionally not the role of the mother. Right. Usually the father took that role. Um, and, and so often it was a family name or it was his name. It was, you know, the man named him Junior, right? Sure. Um, but this was part of the prophecy that the angel came to give to Zechariah. And, and earlier in the gospel, it's very interesting how there's a juxtaposition between the announcement of the nativity of Jesus and the announcement of the nativity of John the Baptist, because an angel came to pronounce both of them and Mary received the message and goes, Oh, well, how will this happen? Um, and cause I do not know man. Right. Sure. But Zechariah is like, 
yeah, how's this going to happen? And his tone was different because it wasn't how are you going to do it, but yeah, right, that's really going to happen. He, he had real doubt when, uh, at the angel's uh, announcement. And so even though the angel said your son will be named John and your wife will bear you a son in her old age, he kind of went, oh, yeah, right. And this is actually the, the reason why he struck mute. He can't speak because he doubted the word of God in and through the angel. And so at this moment, he's been mute, you know, for the entirety of the pregnancy. Now he's born. Now it's time to name the child. And it's only when he finally participates in the revelation that the angel gave him and agrees, oh, yes, his name will be John. Yeah. Sacrificing his own will and saying, yes. the will of God be done. His tongue is freed. That's right. Precisely. That's beautiful. Yeah. But, it, but, but think about that. Like, think about that implication within our own life. Something that I, I think a lot of people don't, don't realize, especially within my own life, I didn't have, you know, parents that got divorced. I didn't have, uh, you know, an unhealthy relationship with my siblings or um, a great a great health stress to bear like you have had with, uh, with cystic fibrosis. Most of the crosses that I found in my life were from, you know, either the death of a friend or, or my own decisions of going against what I knew was better judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the baggage that I would say I bring to my marriage, I bring to relationships that I'm in now and friendships is from me, frankly, going against my conscience, going against that, that well-formed, uh, Jiminy Cricket within all of us, right? That yeah. was was calling me to say, Hey, you know, this is the way you probably should go. And I'm like, you know, I did that path and I just, I'm not seeing any fruits from it right now, yeah. or I'd rather be numb, um, than actually deal with these tough emotions that I'm going through. Oh, and, and that's, that's very prevalent in our society these days, you know, an, an inability to maturely deal with our emotions, to be able to say, look, I am mad or I am sad or I am whatever i am in pain and and to deal with it in a way that is fruitful rather than saying i don't like this feeling therefore i'm going to run away with it with booze or buying things or sex or whatever it is you know and, and yeah. i like how you brought up you know jiminy cricket you know let your conscience be your guide that's another way of saying let the holy spirit guide you yeah and i think we 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 make our own stumbling blocks when we choose our will over the will of god um, which is an obvious thing to say, but but it's in all the small ways. It's all, all the little things in our life that we choose um, our way rather than God's way. Yeah. Um, and then getting back on the path afterwards and realizing how far off the path you were, right? You have these huge aha moments of, you know, thank God I got my act together, right? And mm -hmm. I met my wife and I was, I was a good version of myself at that time that was actually able to court and, and get and know her on a deeper level. That was an actually attractive version of myself, as opposed to this sniveling brat of a child that, that the world tells me I can be that, Hey man, you're free to be slutty or, you know, uh, having, having very little moral compass, just do what feels right. You know? What's, what's the least you can do and, and what's in it for you? And, yeah. and all of those things, when they're so prevalent, when they've taken over and you've given them so much strength, 
and you're in full despair the whole time thinking what's at what point do i get the easy road here well you've you've made your bed and you're sleeping in it and you don't like it and right. so those things that are outside yourself that you're pursuing oh man it's just it's it's powerful and so zechariah in this moment says you know what not my will lord but your will be done his name will be john and I think it's even more powerful that he doesn't say it. He now is forced to communicate in writing and he writes that I, I will submit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it immediately I can talk again. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah. And actually uh, what he says is very profound because he talks about the whole history of Israel, uh, um, it, it, you know, following this gospel and how the Lord had, had, had guided them. And then how his son is now going to issue forth this new era and become the herald of the Messiah. It's, it's very prophetic. Uh, it, it, it's awesome because as soon as he's able to speak, all of a sudden now he's, he's going to speak God's word. And it's awesome because he's quoted verbatim in the Bible, um, yeah. which is great. Um, and then, of course, you know, John is born. He grows up. He becomes the herald of the Messiah. And, uh, you know, just back to the point in terms of just how important John the Baptist is Jesus himself even even says that he is the greatest of all men born of women and, but then he follows it with a very interesting line he says that uh, however he is the least in the kingdom of heaven and you go wait a minute this virtuous awesome God-loving God-fearing man this this wild ass of a man that lived out in the desert and grew in virtue is somehow least in heaven what, what is he talking about here and <clears throat> it's talking about how he had the fullness of all natural virtue. And, and he got to live in the final times of the Old Testament. But he himself dies before Jesus' death and resurrection. And so he is not essentially part of the resurrected world. He, he doesn't receive the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. He is, yeah. he is fully man without the theological virtues that are born into the world by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so he's the greatest of men. He's the most perfect that a man can be of his own accord. Yeah. Everybody else, else now from that time forward who is quote unquote part of the kingdom of heaven, part of the kingdom of God that Jesus has issued forth now has something very unique, which we call the grace of the sacraments, which we call the grace of the church. Um, which John the Baptist didn't get to receive. And so, well, even, even more so John the Baptist in his adult life didn't have Christ as an example to follow. Yeah. Right? He, he only saw the first just, part of it. Just a very small glimpse of Christ. You know, he was a foreteller. He was, he was a, a the, the harbinger of hope saying, this is what is to come. I am not worthy to loosen the sandals of his feet, right? Right. And and being right-sized, being f truly a, a, a tough, awesome dude, and knowing he was right-sized in his mind, I am not worthy to even loosen the sandals of his feet. Yeah. And this is the one by which he's baptized. Right. right, exactly. Yeah, the one, I mean, the one John that the baptized, Baptist yeah. baptizes Jesus. That's right. And, <laughs> and what's great is in his own humility, he passes the baton. He knows now that he's fulfilled his duty. He has heralded in the coming of the Messiah. 
And and in response to this, sort of this climactic ending moment of passing on the baton to Jesus, he says, he must increase and I must decrease. Uh, Jesus, I mean, uh, John the Baptist is saying, look, my job is done. I've heralded him. I have, I have announced the coming of the Messiah and now he's here. He's on stage and I'm bowing out. Yeah. You know, and, and I must decrease and he must increase. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, and, and to think on top of all of that, that biologically, they're actually cousins. Yeah. It's awesome. The relationship the two of them must have had and still do in heaven must be incredible. I think it's just, it's in that he says he's the least in heaven. That is that amazing? Which tells us the power of grace and the sacraments and the power of Jesus's death and resurrection. Yeah. To, to have effect on people like myself, who, who is so unworthy. And, and yet John the Baptist, who I admire for his masculine and human perfection as, as much as he could possibly have, um, wow, I'm going to be held in, in esteem simply because of the grace I receive, which is pure gift to me from Christ. Yeah. Amazing. Nothing you could earn. And nothing I could earn. And, and, and in fact, often do so many things not to earn it. And I think there's, there's just one little line that I kind of want to, point to just for almost a wrap up here. What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew, grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. I think that kind of mirrors our own lives. What then will this child be? That's a question we should be really asking ourselves as men. What then? Will I, this child, be? Yeah. Because it's voluntary. As we've said in almost every episode, Christ is the ultimate gentleman. He will never at any point force himself upon us. And so asking ourselves introspectively and, and, and reflecting, what then will I become? What then will this, me, this child be? Yeah. Because it's voluntary. Yeah. Becoming a Christian is voluntary. Being a Catholic man is voluntary. Laying down your life for a friend is voluntary. Yeah. Going to work every day to support your family is voluntary. You know, I'm reminded of what I think is the, the niche audience for this podcast. You know, most of us are probably 30, 40, 50-year-old men who are married. We have our career paths, we've chosen our vocation, um, and we're living day to day. And, and I think it's in that day to day living where some men are tempted towards boredom. But I think this can easily be the most exciting years of our life because the big difficult decisions are made. And now we get to make the one singular big decision for living for Christ day in and day out. Yeah. which is probably the hardest decision to make for any of us. Well, and, 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 and a wonderful challenge for us to live up to. Incredible challenge. I think about this in my own life. I adore the memories that I made as a child, and I adore the time that I spent with my own father, right? Yeah. I adore the time that I spent with my uncles. I adore the time where I was a child around men who were good men. 
right? Wow. And and now we are in the other side of that role. Yes. We are affecting young men by our re- reaction to and our interaction with them. Yes. And we are setting the standard and the stage that they will count themselves and measure themselves against. And so are we going to be the men that rise to that challenge, that walk out in that life that is is something to be sought after, pursuing Christ completely voluntarily with a fervor that has not been seen in many years? Or are we going to be voluntarily self-selecting to pursue our own desires? And those desires that are in conflict with the Holy Spirit and in conflict with Jesus. You know, something that this conversation just sort of spurred in me that I just thought of is, you know, our challenge at the beginning of the podcast was what are those relationships that we need to separate ourselves from because they're unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Equally important is for men to seek out other wise men, other models for their life in the faith. And I have been very blessed to meet probably at least half a dozen, if not a dozen, really good, solid, um, not only virtuous, but but just men of great integrity that I was inspired by in the smallest of ways, just because, holy cow, he was so honest, or oh my gosh, he wasn't, he wasn't totally pissed off at this situation, but instead he, he approached this situation with kindness and with understanding. Just to see those kinds of virtues in men is so not only powerful, but beneficial for us to learn from as, as men. And I think that would be great. Maybe that is our challenge. I don't know. I, I think that's a great one. Think about this. Christ met the apostles and the disciples where they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He approached those disciples when they were fishing, right? Their job. Or or when they were tax collecting. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where we meet most of the men in our life. Yeah. At work, at church, at a sporting event with our kids, when our kids are great at sports or terrible at sports, or maybe you're at an event where you're watching your kid butcher a, a musical instrument for their first recital and you're going to clap because they put themselves out there in a place of danger and they, and they thrived or they barely got by, but they're just happy to see you on the other side of it. Yeah. But there are other men that are in a very similar situation to you that are looking for men that they would be proud to raise their children around, mm-hmm. right? Ones that are full of integrity, full of the spirit, full of joy. And that is what the world needs is holy friendship because those holy friendships will hold each other to a higher standard than what the world and what uh, any of these, you know, Netflix binges are going to hold you to, or, uh, you know, the people that you meet at a bar or the people you just bump into randomly or the people you see on CNN (coughs) or NBC or what any of these just giant networks. It's important to know that, the world longs for these holy friendships that are uplifting and life-giving. More than we know. More than we know or understand because the heart needs that so badly and, and we are so starved of it that we barely even recognize it. So many people are out there 
just just blind to the fact that they are in need of holy relationships. And so sometimes when they find it, they don't even recognize it for being as good and as pure as it is. But I think that's precisely what we are asking you men to be conscious of this week. Be conscious of those good relationships in your life. Pursue them, seek them, and ask questions of that relationship. What can you learn? What can you receive uh, to make you grow in holiness, to grow in virtue, to seek God even more deeply through that relationship? I feel like we should fist bump. Yeah, fist bump. There yeah. you go. For real. Well, and, and, and you know, the reason why is because you do that for me. And hopefully I do that for you as well. You, you know, do. We, well, thank you. And it, it was so obvious to me that you and I both made conscious decisions to seek each other out as friends and to come together not only for this podcast, but for the benefit of friendship. And, and for the benefit of our souls. You absolutely. Know? You want people that are going to uplift and also, you know, have a drink with, have, have a social outing, go do something that is actually enjoyable. Yeah. We both absolutely love street tacos. So you will find us <laughs> at places getting street tacos and just, you know, Chinese place, <laughs> you name it. We just like food. I, I was gonna say, we just like food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So awesome challenge. Find one holy friendship over the next week and put yourself in a position where that holy friendship could truly grow. Maybe invite them to a drink, have them over for dinner. Just take a risk and grow one holy friendship. Or if you have a friend that is already doing this for you, reach out to them this next week and just encourage one hangout. Yeah, and, and I think within that hangout, if I could give like a little piece of advice, so often friendships are made deeper, made closer, and given purpose and meaning whenever somebody is willing to be vulnerable. And so when you, when you identify which relationship you want to try to go deeper in, find some way to be vulnerable to them. Yeah. Share yourself with them on a level that maybe you would hold back if it was just somebody on the street corner or somebody yeah. you know is an acquaintance. But, but be vulnerable. Ask for them to pray for you for something that you're struggling with. Sure. Invite them to just hear about a struggle that you're going through and, and allow the grace of the Holy Spirit to either allow them to accept that invitation or, you know, maybe maybe it's something that they may struggle with. But I, I guarantee if you allow yourself to just be a vulnerable person in, in the company of a friend, you will probably be surprised for the better. Yeah, and it really just means sharing your heart. Tell them the truth about who you are and what you feel about them and about yourself and about life in general. It's great. Let's close in a prayer. In the name of the good. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings that that are just raining down upon us from the foretelling that, that John the Baptist did was let let us know that, that your coming was imminent and that it would be uh, life-giving and that he also approached it in a place of humility and gave such a beautiful example for how we should approach you and how we should approach others. If, you know, I, I, I am not worthy of the grace of the Lord, but I will continue to follow him regardless of what public opinion would think of me. So we just ask that over this next week, you would allow us to be 
truly an example that you would be proud of to our friends, to our family, and to those most in need of a, a holy example. And we just ask for uh, your Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to go out from us as we put ourselves out there seeking that holy friendship that, that men long and yearn for within the masculine uh, the masculine friendships that they have. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. For Manfully Alive Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Have a great week, guys. God bless.